0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's mentally yours
2: from Ellen and Evette. Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, mentally, mentally,
3: mentally, mentally yours. Mentally yours.
0: Mentally
3: yours. Hi I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. We're here in bills as usual. This week we've got a really great guest talking
2: about ADHD but before we get on to that let's recap last week when we spoke to Tina about her stay in a mental health unit. It was really interesting, she told us all about this horrible nurse and no structure to her day so definitely give it a listen.
3: It looked more like an old people's home, actually. It was just sort of lots of wooden flooring and armchairs and lots of board games. Was there rubbish on the TV as well? I don't really remember there being a television, to be honest. (laughs) Who'd have thought staying in a mental health unit was like an old people's home? So now we're having a chat with James Woods. He'll be telling us about ADHD, which Ellen stands for... Attention... Deficit... Hi- but H is hyperactivity. Disorder. Yeah. So attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. ADHD. It's, it's qu- catchy. It's quicker to say ADHD.
1: I first heard it in university, aged about 22. So I was struggling anyway with my mental health, depression, anxiety and the year prior, I'd just been diagnosed with dyslexia. But things weren't kind of working out still, I was still struggling. And I was speaking to the mental health nurse at the university and she kind of chucked ADHD out there. And at first I was like, no, because I was a well-behaved child and there was no kind of behavioral issues. And my knowledge and view of it was the same as everyone else is, like small five-year-old children running around really hyperactive and I never recognised myself as hyperactive. But it was because of the way my social anxiety kind of made it manifest in different ways. So in reality, it's far from kind of a behavioural problem, but that's what they like to categorise it as.
3: So for you, how did it actually manifest
1: it's kind of like organizational problems focus was a big thing and it was like things that i didn't recognize until kind of learning about it so kind of i'd have to nap in the daytime because i was so tired and that's just because when you wake up with adhd you have more thoughts by breakfast than somebody has all day. So it was like things like that and it kind of finding out about it and being diagnosed with it helped me kind of understand and then kind of identify the different problems and then kind of, on the flip side, the kind of superpowers that come with it.
2: What are the superpowers?
1: The superpowers are... There's one called Hyperfocus, which sounds impressive, but that's just when you focus, like, really hard on one thing and it's impossible to distract you from it at all. It's kind of the complete opposite to what ADHD is known for, but that is one of them. The other ones are, like, seeing the bigger picture and then being able to like, pick out small details. Um, there's, there's quite a few, and it, there is a lot of benefits. And once you kind of learn about them, and it's easier to harness them, I guess.
2: Are you really good at Where's Wally? No, no. Oh, damn, that's what I was <laughs> imagining with the big picture and the small details thing. That would be mean, so useful. Handy, yeah. yeah, you can impress everyone uh, I'll, with that.
1: I'll have to try. Yeah, I, I recently got a book called Find Trump, for Christmas so
2: same kind of idea I need to
1: try and get on that and test it out
2: with the um, hyper focus is that like a prolonged thing or is it really short term burst of focus
1: um, it's more like a short burst yeah. so for me it'll be writing's a good example so if I see something that I'm interested in and want to write about it and want to kind of spill my guts about it it's easy for me to just log on and write something in half an hour, and then I'm done.
3: Yeah, that's quite useful. Yeah. <laughs> you said that um, someone at university, it was a nurse, sort of recognised yeah. that you might have it. Um, what were the symptoms that she's picked out? Because I think, like you said, it's kind of seen as being rarer in mm-hmm. sort of adults, I think, isn't Yeah, it?
1: it wasn't recognised by the NICE guidelines, which the NHS follow until in adults until 2008, <laughs> so it's relatively new. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what she kind of picked out, but I guess it was the focus was a big part of things and kind of... Because anxiety, depression, dyslexia, are comorbid of ADHD, I guess that probably played into her suspicions as well.
2: Did ADHD kind of make things like university difficult?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I was undiagnosed anyway with dyslexia and ADHD, And while suffering from anxiety and depression, it was like, it's kind of, I describe it as like a spider's web of things. I managed to kind of get through the first year, just about, and then it kind of all tumbled down, and I tried to repeat a year. Still couldn't kind of get a grasp of things, so I dropped out, but now I'm hoping to return in September to finish what I started.
2: Did getting the diagnosis and actually knowing what was going on help? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely, because it's just that people kind of are a bit off about labels and they don't like kind of putting labels on people or applying things, but in reality it gives you the ability to kind of recognize the things and then address them. So at the end of the day it's the knowledge is power is the bottom line.
3: How would you describe ADHD in terms of sort of how it feels, so like if it was an animal, what would it be?
1: Animal-wise, I'm going to go with the spider because of the spider as well, because that's clever, but it, it is like, because you've got eight arms, you're doing that many things at once, so when I'm on the computer, I've got like, I can have, if I'm focused on something and really indulging, I can have like 20 tabs open and then I'll look at the end of it and realise. I've got far too many tabs open, so I guess that's what I'd go for.
3: You mentioned that sort of you have, in terms of some things, it can be quite useful. Mm. At what point does it become a problem? Like, why did you have to drop out of university
1: for that time? I mean, ultimately, not knowing about it was the problem for me. Mm. Um, but kind of now, because I'm medicated and I have the skills and I've built up kind of coping mechanisms around finding out about it. I still lose things but I have things in place and systems in place that are much more robust and it happens a lot less. Mm. But so
3: tell us about those systems. So what's helped for you?
1: I think it's just like it's just things like having like knowing that my cards are in my left pocket my phone's in my right pocket so I can touch them and know that they're there. I if I'm going out I can just touch them know they're there and then I'm kind of organised and it just... It's learning to just use, like, calendar on your phone, notes and just things like that. It's really kind of just basic stuff, but it's learning to do it kind of religiously.
2: Have you been having, like, therapy to help you learn how to do those things?
1: No. There's no kind of therapy kind of available for ADHD specifically. Okay. think they kind of point towards CBT which I've had for kind of depression and anxiety which has helped kind of in the process it didn't kind of it wasn't the the be all end all yeah but it, it did contribute to how my thought processes worked and the way that I manage through that.
3: Do you mind telling us a bit about the medication? Because, again, I think a few things that people sort of associate with ADHD is, like you said, kind of a toddler running around and then some particular medication, which Adderall. i yeah, which, which got like, a big press, didn't it, at one yeah. time? So.
1: Yeah, the, the medications are kind of quite controversial because they're stimulants. So they're actually, I think mean, they're class two, no, scheduled to class B, some of them. So, they're just like, it's amphetamine basically. So, it's a street drug. So, they've got to be monitored quite closely. So, every three months, I get like my pulse checked, my heart rate checked, my blood pressure, and all that kind of thing. So, they manage you and assess you regularly. And then there's kind of procedures for getting the medications because they're worried like you might sell them because they're just street drugs. But because of the way they, Work, it's the opposite effect to someone without ADHD. So it kind of calms the thoughts down, and it kind of just slows everything down a bit and makes it more manageable.
2: Have you had any bad side effects from it?
1: Um, I think the first kind of couple of weeks, it was like racing heart and kind of palpitations and things, but it wasn't anything too mm-hmm. too major.
2: And then did it kind of died out, yeah. and it got better, yeah. which is what you're after. Do you get annoyed by it? So when I was studying abroad in America, mm-hmm. everyone I knew that was doing exams would take out rule to get mm-hmm. through them, and does that annoy you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, like, I've got a few friends that I mention it, and I know it seems to be a big thing in America, and I think people get very confused between America and the UK, and the, the systems and the way that things are diagnosed. Here, it takes, if you're lucky, two years to get diagnosed and then the kind of the medication process of that is quite kind of complex so it's not it's different worlds. It's
2: not easy to get a hold of by any means. What happens in the two years? Is it kind of proving that you have ADHD?
1: Uh, It's more waiting waiting around, waiting lists. My my route wasn't typical um, because I was kind of moving around between the south and the north and having to bounce around and kind of complain and chase things up because it was just slow and very, very painful.
3: Yeah. Have you ever had, out of interest, have you ever had any of your friends, like, want to try your drugs or mm. anything like that? It's a
1: no, bit of a quirky question, not, I suppose. Not, not so far. That's but good. I, I'm always ready to kind of... <laughs> Beat them off. Yeah.
2: Mm. (laughs) I think if anyone asked for my medication, I'd be like, no, I need this stuff. Like, it's not for you.
3: Yeah, no, I know. And I can't imagine anyone would want mine either. But it's just sort of like you say, because there's, they're on that sort of.
2: Yeah, and the press around it is very much like, it is promised. Like, everyone in America was just like, oh, you can just take it and then you'll revise for ages and it'll be fine. Mm. It's just considered like an easy thing for
1: them. Our kind of students are just happy with Pro Plus. Yes. So.
2: Exactly. Or just procrastinating and then putting all nighters <laughs> because we're not wise
3: about things. So what do you do in terms of self-care? In, it doesn't have to just be ADHD in terms of your anxiety and depression. What have you found works?
1: I only heard about, well, I only heard this, the term self-care and took notice of it September last year and I don't know whether that was because it wasn't being talked about or it just went over my head. But since that, it's been a lot better and kind of learning what self-care is and being mindful about it, which is the important thing. So now, if I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling anxious, I can kind of speak to myself and say, this is what you need to do, and then I'll have a, a system where I'll kind of clean my room Change my sheets, have a bath, and then watch some comedy, like Peep Show. And yeah, so uh, that just knowing and again learning about it has been a made a big difference.
2: Have you ever felt any kind of shame around the label of ADHD? Like how people reacted to you telling them, "I have ADHD. It's like this."
1: Um, I just think people don't kind of understand what it is, what it means and I think sometimes like I I always kind of do kind of choose who I kind of disclose it to um, because it can cause issues and there's still stigma and kind of like when you're going into work and that kind of thing but I do try and be as open as possible I've not had anything too bad so far but you never know
2: yeah, I think a lot of it is just complete lack of knowledge. Yes. Like, I don't think I would entirely know what to expect if someone said I had ADHD, because mm. even I still relate it as, like, small child throwing paint on the floor. I
1: think it's there is just so many kind of different kind of things like depression, then you've got borderline personality disorder, ADHD. So if you're a person that's kind of outside of the world of mental health, and not kind of involved in the basic... Like, have everyone kind of... If if you're writing about it or talking about it on Twitter, you kind of have a basic understanding of the things. And I think that if you're kind of outside that and don't particularly know anyone that's open about it, it's a lot harder to kind of know about all the things.
3: Has it ever caused any issues in relationships?
1: Yeah, um, I think just kind of any of my relationships have been quite kind of explosive and problematic and it's just things like my fidgeting when kind of watching a film um, that's always a big problem like just kind of flip it into wanting to do my own thing and kind of just getting sucked into a project or things like that it can be quite difficult to kind of balance just life in general I guess.
2: If you were talking to someone else who maybe thinks that they have ADHD or has just been diagnosed, do you have anything, like any advice that would help them?
1: Just learn. Yeah. Just, there's there's so much kind of stuff online now. Um, So many kind of books and things that you can just look at. And it's just, it's not, you can't just sit down and learn everything in a few days. I'm still learning and it's like three or four maybe five almost five years since i kind of first heard the words and i think with it being such a new, kind of a new condition in terms of it being accepted in the uk by the nhs as an adult there's a lot more research that could be done and i think that goes for mental health in general
2: so what can people do to increase the awareness of adhd and change the way that we treat it as well
1: I think the most confusing thing for me is it's not considered a mental health problem because you can kind of you can't recover from it but it's also not a learning disability because it doesn't affect your intelligence so it's kind of doesn't have a place where it belongs I think for me that's quite challenging in terms of trying to find support but I guess awareness wise it's more just people talking about it and more kind of charity work towards it and kind of just getting a a definition that's agreed on would be pretty helpful Would
2: be helpful Mm. Um, If there were three things that you think people need to know about what ADHD actually is and what it feels like Mm. what would those three things be?
1: number one it's not just a behavioural problem Um, and then number two would kind of be that it, it is very much comorbid where it has relationships with anxiety, depression and it can trigger those things and those things can trigger it and it is very much just a big spider's web and then number three I'd probably just want people to kind of understand that it's a very kind of complex and draining process for somebody to kind of go through and they kind of just need a bit of love and support overall.
3: What's the best kind of support that um a friend could offer like like say a, you know a friend of mine said i've got a d h d what could I do that would be helpful
1: again it's just back to kind of I think if you have somebody in your life that's struggling with anything like if your friend for example had cancer you would run off to the internet straight away google it probably check if they're going to die or not so that's exactly what you should do if it was anything else you'd Kind of research it make yourself aware
3: so I was thinking more in terms of kind of particular situations I wonder if maybe um, are there certain social situations where it would help to do certain things um, or is it is that too much of a blanket kind of idea
1: I think it's because it, it it does affect people in different ways um, and in kind of social situations it's just The biggest one for me is being kind of overwhelmed so too many people is a very bad thing certain places if it's too busy if there's too many bright lights or things like that that can kind of have an effect on my kind of sensory kind of issues and then that kind of induces anxiety so it's kind of just my if my friends kind of have an understanding of that and I've spoke to them, spoke to them about it, and kind of tried to get them to understand that. And then that that is a big help.
3: Are there anything that um, employers could do? Do you think to be more supported?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think just society in general. There's kind of a big split because it's like the common kind of metaphor is kind of a square peg trying to fit into a circle. Um, And I think that it works kind of across the board because a lot of people with ADHD find themselves in prison or kind of out of work. There's a lot of issues around kind of being able to hold down jobs. And, again, I had a, a few office jobs and the things that I needed to do to cope were unacceptable. So it is that kind of thing of... Having an understanding.
3: What kind of things were those?
1: Um, in terms of kind of the what office.
3: Did they, yeah. What did they say? Were so it was just kind of?
1: I'd need to walk around. I'd need to go outside a lot to kind of just escape and kind of cool, cool off. Um, just various kind of things, but it, is, it can be very difficult to hold down a job and. That's really important though, at.
3: like small things like that. Because I suppose if you don't have an awareness of of that being an issue, you might think, oh, so-and-so's just going out on lots of yeah. smoke breaks. But yeah. if you've actually had that conversation mm. where your boss understands you need to, you know, to yeah. cool off, like you say, that's quite a big thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, again, you need that diagnosis and you need the knowledge to be able to... Because employers are uh, legally bound to adjust to a disability and ADHD falls into that category. So I think it is important.
3: It sounds pretty terrible, but you said quite a lot of people with ADHD end up in prison. Mm -hmm. Have you any thoughts on why that might be?
1: I think it's down to not understanding yourself, not being able to kind of process and kind of fit into certain things. So if you're kind of trying to fit into work and constantly being knocked back or losing your job, then naturally, people resort to crime. And again, there is that kind of hyperactivity side. But then, if you have ADHD, you're more susceptible to kind of addiction and substance misuse. And I think that kind of plays into it as well.
2: Well, we are really very angry about this shit.
0: Yes, we are really very angry about this shit.
3: Thanks very much James. So one thing that I'm angry about this week, I mean since we're around the, um, the time of A-levels, people get the, getting their GCSE results, um, I'm angry about mental health stuff in schools. Um, it turns out that half of pupils expelled from school have mental health issues and also um, I read another story recently which was saying um, how it can be difficult for people who've had mental health issues to then go back to doing their GCSEs or doing their A levels, so basically, I'm angry that there's not more understanding in schools. I gather that it's something that's on Theresa May's agenda. Like she's she's brought up, and it's it's a thing that's being mentioned. They're but,
2: appointing like special
3: mental health kind of people in schools. I don't know the correct term for it. Yeah, but they're trying to do something. They're trying to sort of train up teachers to get better at it about dealing with it, which is great. It's a good step in the right direction, but for now, I think it's it's quite a big deal. It's a bit shit at the moment, and it definitely was.
2: I, at least when I was growing up as well, was it not good for you in school as well?
3: Oh no, it was. I mean, I think I was, I think I was quite lucky in a way. Um, when I read this story about this this girl who was had real difficulty during her levels getting back into it, because I think her school wouldn't actually get her back. Um, I was quite lucky because. Um, I had my manic episode in my teens, and that was sort of around the time of learning my A levels. And then I had my time in the mental health unit. Um, but then I, I remember the teachers being just particularly nice, and I think it must—I've just must have been quite lucky with my sixth form that um, I came back kind of gradually. So I had a sort of a few days at the unit and a few days at school, and then I basically was able to be back at school all the time, and it didn't feel I mean, it, it I mean, it, it did feel a bit weird because obviously you've had that whole sort of break from the, the norm and stuff. But I remember the teachers being really nice and really supportive. I think the only thing that I found a little bit difficult to deal with was the odd person that would say, um, you know, oh, why have you been ill or, you know, what yeah. have you been off with? Um, to which I'd like, t- well, not to my shame because at the time it made sense. But at the time, um, for most people I knew or was close with, I just said I had glandular fever. yeah. Because it's that old thing of you know, your physical illness is more acceptable than mental illness. So, and I knew that glandular fever, because my sister had had that, was kind of an acceptable thing to, to be off for a long time for. So I basically, I said, that's why I'd been away for. I think i have gone kind of off topic. No, there. that's sorry <laughs> I mean, that's a useful, I think
2: I probably would have done the same thing. And I think I have multiple times that you just kind of blame it on the flu. Mm. But I think, especially in schools, it's difficult because even if you have kind of supportive teachers, which is really lucky because not everyone does, you've still got to deal with the whole stress of school in general. Like Mm. doing your A-Levels and doing GCSE is tough. It's even tougher if you're dealing with mental health issues at home as well. Mm. Um, So I'm really pleased that, you know, Theresa May will hopefully improve things. Mm. I hope. And I've definitely noticed because my brother is a teacher and he was telling me about how they actually have mental health lessons in schools now, Mm -hmm. which was never a thing that got mentioned when I was at school. So that's, you know, good. Yeah. Stupid crap my brain has told me Oh, I am Oh, stupid, 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 stupid Something my brain tells me sometimes is that I'm going to wet myself. <laughs> um, I bring this up because I was mentioning this to someone the other day and they actually mentioned they have it too so I realised that I'm not actually completely insane. This is just a common thing that I think people with anxiety sometimes have. Oh, right. um, it's especially if I am drunk or, you know, on any mind-altering substances, I just feel like, oh, my God, I'm wetting myself right now. And it's a real fear, and I can't sleep unless I've been to the toilet multiple times. I just have this constant worry that, like, I'm definitely just going to wet myself in public,
3: and it's going to be really embarrassing. So, Well, you know how to get over a fear. Actually, no, don't do that. I'm not. <laughs> I, mean, I do have a friend, though, like, no names, but they, they, they've definitely got so drunk that they have wet themselves oh, in public. Yeah. So I'm sure... Well, I don't know if you do know people that have done it. For sure. But, so people have done it and they haven't they haven't died.
2: Yeah, like you definitely can get away with wetting yourself when drunk and stuff like that. I yeah. think just in the moment I will sit th- say say I'm in like a social gathering mm. and I'm sitting there and everyone's kinda of chatting and I'm just kinda of like, Yeah ha But in my head I'm just like, Don't wet yourself. Really? <laughs> yeah, genuinely. And it's really Usually if I'm not drunk or anything I can dismiss it quite easily But any kind of alcohol I'm just like You're definitely going to pee yourself now and It's very strange But apparently it is Like a common thing for with anxiety But just no yeah. one ever talks about it So people think they're going nuts It's oh. normal So this is goodbye From
0: Mentally Yours So go away, enjoy your day Get on with all your chores From Mentally
2: if you're struggling with any of the topics we mentioned in today's show please call the samaritans on 116 123
3: or go to their website at samaritans.org if you'd like to get in touch with us to suggest things for Ellen and I to chat topics you'd like on the show or possibly even guests then please give me an email it's yvette.caster at metro.co.uk just check out the podcast blurb for how to spell my name please also give us a follow on twitter it's mentally yours which is mentally yrs and just give a shout out to sophie tilling who
2: tweeted us this week saying podcast is keeping me sane at the moment anyone with anxiety give it a listen it's really eye-opening and reassuring which is exactly what we want to hear so that's brilliant yeah thanks sophie also if you're tweeting us or emailing us just also if you fancy give us a review on
3: itunes as well we would hugely appreciate it thanks very much sam bonham for producing our show and also lucy baker for the lovely jingles see you next time So, you know, you get the hot flashes, which I guess are associated with PMT, but they're exaggerated to the point where you you just cannot cool down. Um, You've got your mood swings, but they're not just, you know, I'm a little bit annoyed today. It's a mood swing of absolute rage. And you're not just a little bit down, you're in despair. You know, you're not a little bit anxious. It's
0: deep-set anxiety, which some people might mistake it for depression. Thank